Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Alex. A trade has been made. Another one has been made that didn't involve the Knicks, and rumors are flying. It's finally free agency time in the NBA. Yeah, we're going to get into the Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel trade where the Knicks essentially just salary dumped them for not a ton to a team that they've already done some business with. We'll talk about a report that Mitchell Robinson might already have a extension slash new contract almost worked out with the Knicks. Talk about the latest on Jalen Brunson as free agency is about ready to get started later today. And we'll just give a quick reaction to the DeJounte Murray trade because the Knicks were apparently one of the suitors. All next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. We wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We are now available on all platforms, and that includes, you guessed it, for those frequent listeners, we are now on YouTube where you can see our smiling faces. Uh, who knows? Maybe later today on your podcast feed, you'll see the smiling face of a former NBA player. There, there's a hint for you guys. But who are we? I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster currently in my off-season, so just enjoying all the Knicks news and analysis I can get. He is Alex Wolf, the editor-in-chief of The Strickland, the greatest Knicks website on the whole wide internet. You can check them out at thestrick.land on all forms of social media. And Alex, man, I'm not going to delay. We got a loaded episode that can only start in one place. Alec Burks, America's favorite point guard. I'll, I'll go as far as to say that. Uh, Nerlens Noel, um, professional pass dropper, are both now Detroit Pistons uh, for the uh, measly price of uh, two second round picks. Yeah, Alec Burks, the uh, the 30th best starting point guard in, in the entire NBA. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't count the amount of teams that are in the NBA. Um, no, I mean, yeah. So first off, just to introduce the news, you know, Woj reported this um, at the time that we're recording this. It's Wednesday night. So he reported this Tuesday night, of course, after we recorded a couple of episodes already. So we had to do a quick news drop. But according to Woj, it's a separate deal from the Kemba deal. Uh, the Knicks included two second round picks and some cash to dump both Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks to the Pistons. One of those second round picks was the like heavily, heavily protected Miami one that they have for next year. I think it's like top 55 protected. So that's only going to convey if Miami is one of the five best teams in the league next year. Uh, so not exactly a, a huge price there. The other one I think was uh, Detroit's own second round pick. One of them coming back to them. So that's slightly more valuable. Uh, one of those two picks over the next couple of years. So, you know, it's it was a price. I, I wonder a bit. If this was sort of a a sweetheart deal for the Knicks after uh, rerouting Jalen Duran to Detroit just last week, and you know after giving Detroit four second round picks to take on Kemba Walker's deal, I also wonder if this is just Detroit kind of throwing in the towel and saying, you know, whatever, uh, we're not going to get anybody in free agency at this point, so may as well just be a dumping ground. 
Or I wonder if they're actually trying to pull what the Knicks pulled a couple years ago. I mentioned this to you before the show, Gavin. The Knicks a couple years ago moved that we totally loved, and I would love this for the Pistons too, uh, managed to get Ed Davis from the Jazz to help free up some cap space for the Jazz and then uh, get like, I think it was one or two second round picks for their trouble there and then rerouted Ed Davis like two days later to uh, Minnesota where Minnesota gave the Knicks a couple more second round picks for their trouble too. So maybe this is Detroit's plan just to sort of serve as a uh, a drop box for some salary cap flotsam for a couple days and uh, just reroute these guys, be like the broker of uh, contracts that you know teams want to shed. But either way, good for them. Good for the Knicks though. They now officially have enough money for Jalen Brunson and with a little more maneuvering could maybe have some more room. Yeah, it's 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 exciting, and I, I guess I want to start off. I mean, just just saying like a fond farewell to those two players. Obviously, last season uh, was not as fun as as their first, um, or I, I think for both of them it was their first full season on the team 2020, 2021. Um, where Burks was fantastic. Um, I was reminded of this by, I think, uh, Ben Ridholtz threw this out on Twitter today, but was incredible in that game one against the Atlanta Hawks. Will always be a fond memory. Had some epic games um, this year, including against the Detroit Pistons. If you remember, that was that was when he hit the game winner. I think dropped 30-something points, had that ridiculous fourth quarter. So that might have been, the Pistons might have been looking at that and, um, and, and seeing, hey, this is a guy who could come in and contribute for us right away. But someone who I think was much maligned this year for reasons outside of control. He didn't ask to be played at point guard, a position he's never played in the NBA and didn't play in college, uh, as far as I know. The dude is is just a hooper's hooper, right? What we, we I always talk about this, but I think one of the most aesthetically pleasing players in the NBA one of the deepest bags of someone who's not a star in the league, um, again, in the NBA. Uh, someone who is just a joy for me to watch, so shout out to him. Uh, Nerlens Noel, we often reference it, but just flat out one of the best defensive players in the NBA. Two seasons ago, it was incredible. Uh, again, it was not his fault that he was hurt, and he kept being asked to basically play through an injury and could never get healthy. I mean, tragically, that, that's sort of been the story of a lot of his career, but we'll always have a 2020-2021 where he was spectacular and, and a really, really essential part of that team after Mitchell Robinson went down early in the season. So big time to salute to those guys. Alex, I don't know about you. I wouldn't be surprised if those guys are starters in Detroit next year and help that team uh, go from being really terrible to just normally bad this season um, but for the Knicks, obviously, it was a move that made a lot of sense because uh, pending uh, some some meetings that we're not all that afraid of, it, it cleared the room, obviously, for them to offer Jalen Brunson the contract they need to offer him to go get him. Yeah, that was that was a really good uh, and fitting Yugulagi, as uh, Derek Zoolander might say, uh, for their time <laughs> on the Knicks. I was, I was worried for a second. I was like, oh, should I correct him? I don't know. That's really bad. <laughs> no, I, I know how to say eulogy. Um, no, I'll just reference... Uh, uh, the time earlier this season where we, I, I don't think wrongly either, were like, oh man, is Alec Burks the best perimeter defender on the Knicks right now? And there was a, a time earlier in the season before he got miscast as a point guard and had to burn all of his energy getting to the rim to shoot 40% for Tibbs there, um, that he was like, like really, really good as like their wing stopper. And we were like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, you lose Reggie Bullock and now you have Alec Burks who can play this great defense and also create a little bit on the other end, you know, when you need him to. It was a really great combo. And uh, hopefully that's a role. If he sticks in Detroit, I, I think that's actually an interesting thing to consider 
maybe <laughs> hopefully our, our buddy uh, Koo, uh, who hosts the Locked on Pistons podcast, we've never done a crossover with, will ask us for a little crossover. I would love to sing Burks's praises about why he should stick around on the Pistons. But yeah, maybe he'll get to do that and play alongside Cade as an actual wing that will not be relied upon to be a point guard at any point and, you know, give them some really good minutes. Same with Noel. I, I think the big thing for Noel is just going to be, can he get healthy? Uh, if Detroit decides to keep him though, I think that would be pretty smart. It would be sort of like, not that it's totally comparable, but it would be like, you know, like a, he could be the the Alex Smith in front of the Pat Mahomes. Uh, that is Jalen Duran, you know, who's just not quite ready yet and uh, needs like a year of seasoning, you know, and backup minutes before, stepping in considering he was one of the youngest players in the draft i think maybe actually the youngest american prospect in the draft this year so definitely a uh it'll, it'll be an interesting uh, uh situation to watch there in detroit if they decide to hold on to them or not but gavin i feel like maybe uh <laughs> i don't know this might be too much of a deep cut for bet online but maybe bet online has some odds or will have some odds about whether alec burks and nerland's noel will stick uh, with the Pistons, but in the meantime, are there any other odds that our good buddies at Bet Online have up at the offing right now? I was going to say, you need to be a real freak to bet on that. Fortunately, we <laughs> both fall into that category. So, uh, Bet Online, get at us. Um, but yeah, uh, betonline.net uh, is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. And they have some new odds, Alex, that I was excited to check out uh, on all free agents and where they're going to end up. You can get guys like Bradley Beal, uh, six to one to end up a Los Angeles Laker. Not that I bet on that. Colin Sexton, the favorite for him is the Indiana Pacers. I thought that was weird. The one I was excited about, Alex, and this will this will actually lead us nicely into our next segment. Bobby Portis, next team, if not the Bucks. Uh, the Miami Heat are the favorites at three to one, but coming in second place, your New York Knicks at thirteen to four. Oh man, do I hope that is true? My favorite free agent in a minute. Anyways, it's Bet Online where the game starts. And with that, we are back into the show, Alex. We have a million different things to get to, but uh, why don't we why don't we use that transition? Let's start off with the center position. What, what's the latest that we're hearing on Mitchell Robinson? Yeah, there's some some news coming out on good old Mitch. Uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report says Mitchell Robinson is expected to re-sign with the New York Knicks on a four-year deal worth approximately $60 million. Uh, and there's also been some astute observations uh, by, I think Steve Popper uh, said this at one point, uh, of, of uh, Newsday, said, you know... Uh, Nerlens Noel was a salary dump, but also that does kind of say yes. The you know the Knicks are most likely looking to bring Mitch back if they're willing to get rid of Nerlens Noel in a dump like that. Uh, the other thing, uh, Ian Begley of SNY made a note that the Knicks are looking for a backup center in free agency to be behind Mitchell Robinson. I don't know whether uh, there's also I forget who had this one, but someone had a report that. I think it might have also been Ian. He's just had a million little notes in like every column recently. But I think there was, he might have also had a note that said uh, that Jericho Sims 
will likely be transitioned over to a regular contract rather than a two-way, which would clear the runway to sign Trevor Keels to the one of the two-way slots, and then maybe Gene Montero takes the other one. Uh, we don't know about that yet, but they're looking for apparently a backup center behind Mitch. I would imagine that probably means Taj is going to get waived as well. They'll probably just keep him on retainer in case they need him, uh, thanks to an injury or something during the year, but it sounds like the Knicks are thinking maybe of having a backup center rotation of Jericho Sims and someone else behind Mitchell Robinson uh, if they do in- indeed re-sign Mitch. But, Gavin, you just mentioned him in the bet online read. Uh, I'll leave it to you because he's your favorite free agent. You've been bringing him up unprompted for like six months now. So who are you People hoping are that the Knicks look it. at? Yeah, yeah. Who are you hoping that the Knicks look at? For the backup oh, five, yeah. So Bobby Bobby Portis, who just uh, just opted out today, you, you gave me the good news, uh, right? <laughs> right as we started recording. Um, I think he'd be really interesting. Forty percent three point shooter or so for at least, at least for the majority of this past season. Uh, not a bad defensive player, and he at least gives you a little flexibility, right? Where he can play the four and the five, and if the Knicks get off Julius Randle either before the season or in the early portion of the season then I think Portis would be a great option where you could start him at power forward or, or start Obi Toppin at power forward. But either way, have someone, uh, assuming Toppin's end of the season shooting was was uh, as real as we hope it is, um, who gives you a modicum of spacing, which I, I believe with Jalen Brunson at point guard, um, potentially over Emmanuel quickly, that becomes even more crucial as someone who likes to operate inside the arc. I think Portis would be a fantastic fit uh, playing next to him, assuming the Knicks have the, have the room for him. And again, contingent on a Randall trade and how much salary they take back in that. Uh, that would make it all the more feasible that they could bring in Portis. Uh, yeah, I just think a fantastic fit on both ends and, and gives you that flexibility. If you start playing Jericho Sims night in and night out and he, and he proves to be not quite ready yet, you have that insurance in Portis. Personally, um, I, I'm curious if you're on the same page, Alex. I think Jericho Sims is ready for that. And you have Taj Gibson, um, assuming he continues his uh, deer antler regimen or, or whatever he's on. Um, I, I, I will assume that he can take those minutes um, until proven otherwise. Uh, I have some confidence that Sims, especially on the defensive end, will hold his own. And I think with a year to get comfortable offensively, we'll, we'll get down some of the nuances of playing center for the New York Knicks. And someone like Jalen Brunson at point guard will make his life really easy. Who's fantastic at throwing lobs. Sims is fantastic at catching lobs. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm team Bobby, as always. Yeah, I, I like the idea of bringing in Portis. I mostly just think that, you know, the, the Knicks need to look at bringing in a true stretch big for once. You know, obviously we thought that Julius Randle might be that after 2021, but it's pretty well proven now that he's not. Uh, I also think Obi, as much as I want to believe that his like late season flurry is the Obi that we're going to see forever. He also shot like an obscene like 50% from three for like two weeks or something. And that's obviously not going to hold up either. We've we've seen more of Obi shooting like 20% from three than we have 50% for stretches. So uh, I I think that they should prioritize getting someone that they know can shoot at the like power forward center flex spot. I think Portis has really developed into that in his time with Milwaukee. That said, if I remember correctly, I mean, he wasn't like mean about it, but I think that he said he didn't particularly enjoy his time with the Knicks for the one season that he was a Knicks. So you know, maybe that still weighs on him a bit. Maybe he's just looking to, you know, essentially get a little more money out of the Bucks, which I don't blame him for because he's played really well. He's been a part of a couple really good teams these last two years, including a championship team. Uh, so if he wants to shake them down for a couple more bucks, more power to him because obviously the Bucks are an over the cap team anyway. 
So it's not like they're going to be going big game hunting and free agency. They could just sign him using his bird rights to another contract and give him a little more money for the loyal years of service. But I, I like the idea of bringing him on. I'm also in agreement with you. I think Jericho Sims is ready to just step in and be the backup center. Uh, Some people I know are even being like, you know, oh, he should be the starting center. (laughs) I don't necessarily know that I would agree with that. Um, Not at this juncture, but if you have, if you have a rotation of Mitch Jericho and then, uh, you know, Taj Gibson as a breaking case of emergency, I think that would be fine. I also wouldn't be against the idea of like, if they wanted to go for like Mo Bamba and just see what happens, you know, if he's willing to take, like the MLE or something like that, why not? I mean, go for it. You know, give it a shot and see how he works out. Because if he turns into like a true stretch big that can actually like defend the rim, then that's pretty cool. Uh, especially just as a backup to Mitch, who's a, a rim defender. And then you have Jericho Sims, who's an elite rebounder and lob catcher. Like that's it's a pretty interesting center rotation there. So that, that would be worth looking at too to me. Um, Gavin, though, I, I think we should move to... Jalen Brunson, not really too much. Oh wait, new. Alex, real quick, should, yes. we, should we just talk about that number for Mitch, four for sixty? What what was oh, your reaction yeah. to that? Uh, I'm fine with it. You know, I think that's roughly what I've been saying. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about buried the lead there. Uh, all to talk about Bobby Portis. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked it. <laughs> the uh, the number is fine. I think a um, little higher than what I would have liked if it's four for sixty. But all year I've been saying if you gave him the uh, you know, essentially the the Robert Williams contract, I would not be, you know, broken up about it. He's obviously not worth like Jared Allen money. Um, but, you know, if it was like the Robert Williams contract was just this would pay him a little more than Robert Williams, which I maybe disagree with a little bit. But it would also be a clear indication to me that the Knicks believe in him and believe in his ability to get back into the shape that he was in, like to start the 2021 season, which I think was like the best physical form of Mitch that we've seen to date. Uh, and it was just kind of hard for it's it's really hard to like transform your body during an NBA season. Uh, so I can sympathize with Mitch on that, you know, on that note, because you're not doing intense physical training designed to sculpt yourself in a certain way until the offseason. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I, I think the number is probably on the high end of what I would have wanted to give him. But I'm totally fine with it, especially if like year four is a team option or something. Then Then I think I'm totally with it. Yeah, I think this was a, a fantastic point by our friend Jonathan Macri, the same one you just made that um, last year, people, our, ourselves included, uh, I, I had a, a very long, very angry podcast with uh, our guy, uh, John Schmilk, uh, formerly of uh, WFAN, about how much I hated the Knicks uh, first two days of free agency and all the signings and then found about all the options and that like for most of those guys, um, they were on. Um, well, in, in some of the cases, like those team options were the year that they were slated to make the most money. Other times they were descending contracts. So the Knicks are notorious at this point for doing creative stuff to get slightly more team friendly deals. And if Mitch is on an ascending contract, I believe Macri had the number at it, it would really be more like a three year, $41 million contract, which at that point I'd, I'd really have very little issue with it. Um, and as is, I, I think I put out there and I think you were in agreement, 15 million is was basically the higher end of what I was willing to pay him. Um, and I guess that's what he's going to get. I, I think I was a little bit optimistic that the Knicks might be able to sign him to a slightly more team friendly deal, just given that um, with Detroit picking Duran and, and especially now that they traded for Noel, um, Potentially the Knicks' number one threat uh, to go get him is, is now gone. Um, obviously, a team like the Suns um, potentially would still be interested in him if DeAndre Ayton ends up somewhere else. And, and I'm assuming there are other teams out there uh, that could could have a little bit of interest. But 
I, I don't know. I was, I was, I was thinking that there was a world where they got him for 13 million a year. Again, if the contract is what I just said, it could still be that, but overall, this is a whole lot of word vomit to say uh, it, it, it's fine. He's, he's again, literally the most efficient finisher in NBA history. Uh, fantastic rebounder, dominant rebounder at this point, still a dominant rim protector, uh, anchored a defense that was top three in the NBA post all-star break. Uh, there's a lot to like about Mitchell Robinson. Any improvements at this point in his game are gravy. Again, I wouldn't have minded them moving on from him just because I don't see an upward trajectory with, with a ceiling as high as what I think you and I both thought it could be one day, but still a really good player regardless. I agree, and uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting situation to watch unfold in free agency. And then, of course, if he ends up back on the Knicks for the foreseeable future for Mitch's career to see how he lives up to that contract. But I have to take a quick second before we get into the Jalen Brunson news. There's a little little nugget that will be kind of more entertaining than anything. And uh, we'll talk about DeJounte Murray and the, the deal that went down that the Knicks were apparently in on. Uh, up until the 11th hour. Uh, we'll talk about if we believe that too or not. But I get to do my favorite thing and go boom shakalaka. We have big news. The one, the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger than ever with a, wait for it, Shaq edition machine. And I don't know about you guys, but anytime I go to an arcade, the first thing I look for is the NBA Jam machine because it is, quite frankly, the best arcade game ever made. Uh, if I go into an arcade and they don't have an NBA Jam machine, I leave a very unkind Yelp review when I leave. And, uh, you know, you could jump clear across the court in NBA Jam. You can set the ball on fire. It's one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. There's no fouls. There's no free throws and no quarters required. Uh, mostly we're talking about the, the metal ones, you know, uh, compete with your friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. Pre-order now from arcade one up.com. That's arcade. The number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade one up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics like golden team, mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399 and check this out. They are giving away an NBA jam shack edition console to a locked on listener. Let's make sure that's a locked on Knicks listener because I would love to be able to rub that in the faces of all the rest of the hosts. Uh, enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one up.com slash locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win the NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today. Who are you going to play with? Better be the Knicks, of course. And Gavin, we're back to get into some more uh, rumors here. I'll just quickly introduce this news and then get your take on it. Uh, on the Jalen Brunson front, uh, of course, the the number one talk of the town right now. Everybody either thinks that the Knicks are huge idiots or that they're taking a good swing here uh, by going for Jalen Brunson and making him roughly the 15th highest paid point guard in the NBA. But uh, Chris Haynes, uh, of Yahoo Sports reported today that free agent guard Jalen Brunson is granting meetings to the Dallas Mavericks, New York Knicks, and Dark Horse Miami on the first day of free agency. League sources tell him at Yahoo Sports also noted in the article hilariously that all the meetings will be held in New York, which I guess wouldn't be the first time that that's happened that an external free agent was in New York to host their meetings. But given the context, kind of funny. Uh, I wonder if he'll be hosting them <laughs> in Madison Square Garden at this point. Um, <laughs> it just sets up a table at center court. 
Yeah, exactly. Like sets it up. It sets or they have the meeting at the tiny table. Yeah, <laughs> then, Brock Brock Aller is is the secretary. Says Jalen, we'll see you now. Yeah, Leon sits in the corner the whole time, just like staring daggers into whoever yeah, he's talking yeah, yeah. to. Um, anyway, Gavin, do you think that this is anything more than a smokescreen, or do you think this is more or less just a way for the Knicks to avoid tampering charges? Um, no, I think I think we made it clear by our comments there that uh, that is exactly what this is. Uh, I'm I'm not too worried about it. Obviously, it would be it would be disastrous for the New York Knicks uh, to lose Brunson at this point. Um, and anytime Miami's involved, you gotta you gotta clench a little bit. That place obviously does have special appeal, but Miami would have to do a lot of work uh, to clear some space for him. Um, unless I'm I'm sorely mistaken on their cap situation. Uh, maybe work out a sign and trade with Kyle Lowry to the Mavericks. I think they'd have to throw in some some picks in that scenario because I don't know why the Mavericks would want Kyle Lowry at his current salary. All that is to say, I, I'm 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 pretty I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that Jalen Brunson is a New York Nick. Yeah, I feel pretty pretty confident on that as well i almost wonder you know if it's seen like all these like not quite baby pictures but like young child pictures of jalen when he was a kid like in his knicks jerseys and like on the msg court of course because his dad played for the knicks as like a bench warmer in the late 90s i'm kind of curious if like this is like his way of giving like a big middle finger to the heat and to Pat Riley, just because of all that, like nineties animosity of just being like, sure, you could sit in the room with me and I'll make you pitch me. Like you think you have a chance and then I'll just sign with the Knicks because screw the, heat. Um, I think that would be pretty funny. That said, if, if there are actually any legs to it, and apparently Dallas is getting ready to pull out all the stops. I think there's, there's another report or maybe part of that same article that said they're bringing like a whole contingent with them. It's going to be like Cuban and, Jason Kidd and like some of his teammates. I don't know if they'll pull out Luca or if Luca's already, I think Luca's already in Europe, but you know, bring some of his teammates with them and assistant coaches, whatever else, like to try to bring him back. Um, presumably just a duffel bag full of money too. Uh, that may, maybe that'll be the, the differentiator or something. But if the Knicks do lose him, I don't think it's the most catastrophic thing in the world. It feels a little like maybe then they could have waited to make all these cap clearing moves. Um, you know, and not spent all the second round picks and whatever. And of course, like the first round pick, which they traded back for the protected picks. But I don't feel like it totally sinks them either. I mean, what's the worst that happens? They go into the season with a bunch of cap space. Like, sure. I, I think I'd be all right with that. Um, but I don't think we need to spend any more time on that small, probably insignificant rumor. So I think we can move on to our final thing here, which is a DeJounte Murray trade. Uh, so the Knicks, you know, the, the DeJounte front heated up big time today during the day. Um, you know, there's tons of rumors about where he was going to potentially go, but it sounded like, okay, yeah, this is definitely happening at this point now. Like the Spurs are going to trade him. Uh, the Knicks were apparently one of the finalists that were in on it, uh, along with Atlanta, who wound up actually getting him. And so the, the actual trade was reported by Woj first. that It was uh, Danilo Gallinari along with uh, a 2023 first-round pick via Charlotte, if that sounds familiar. That's the pick from the Cam Reddish deal that the Knicks sent to uh, the Hawks that is basically lotto-protected through 2025 and then conveys his two seconds. But then uh, Zach Lowe reported in, in tandem with Woj that the Hawks sent their 2025 and 2027 first-round picks unprotected, uh, as well as a pick swap in 2026. So the Spurs essentially are going to from 2025 to 2027. If the Hawks are not good, the Spurs are going to benefit greatly. 
so Gavin, I'm, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on this, given what the package was and given what we know about Brunson essentially being imminent for the Knicks, given what the cost was, which was essentially just draft picks. Like Gallinari was basically just a lump of salary to trade over to the Spurs at this point. Like he didn't really have that much functionality this year. How are you feeling about this? Like, do you feel like the Knicks should have put more of a foot forward or do you think that they made the right decision sitting this one out? No, I th- I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with how this worked out. I think Murray was a much better fit on the version of the Knicks where you were going to give Emmanuel quickly the reins and say, hey, you're our guy, you're the point guard. Just because Brunson, even though he is a, a good three-point shooter, he is at his best operating inside the arc. Murray is at his best operating inside the arc. RJ Barrett's at his best operating inside the arc. Julius Randle is at his best operating inside the arc. Mitchell Robinson is at his best operating. Not even it, it, the arc for Mitchell Robinson is is, is the little circle in, inside the key. That that's that, that's the extent of the arc for Mitchell Robinson. So and and at this point, honestly, almost I hate to say it, but almost for Julius Randle too. Uh, so that being said, I just I don't think he made any sense for them offensively. Defensively, he is he is the perfect human being to pair with Jalen Brunson. Um, and that would have been awesome. And that would have been a lot of fun. I think I would have, you would have had me on here predicting that the Knicks were going to be a top five to seven defense in the NBA next year with DeJounte Murray. And I think it would have been just cool for the Knicks to have that much talent. Um, I think they would have been on track to be pretty comfortably the, the fifth or sixth best team in the Eastern conference and, and probably win 45 to 47 games next year. But you don't want to trade multiple unprotected picks for that to be sort of the ceiling of your team. And and the best, best, best case scenario to lose in the second round of the playoffs. And in, in turn, they got Jalen Brunson while giving up uh, second round draft equity, which is very, very different than top one protected picks or, or sorry, completely un- two completely unprotected picks, which I would have been very, very queasy about the New York Knicks sending out. And I, I just sort of had this gut feeling that it would have ended really bad with the Spurs somehow getting their next Tim Duncan with one of those picks. Um, so DeJounte Murray, fantastic player. Um, I think the third guy in NBA history to average, um, or well, I guess Russell Westbrook did it too, but there's some stat out there that I think 22, eight and eight with a certain mark of efficiency has only been Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, DeJounte Murray. He's 25 years old. The next two years, he's only making $16 million a year. Great player, great contract, not a fit for the New York Knicks. But but what was your reaction, Alex? I, I could have gotten behind them getting in on it um, only if, yeah, if they could have gotten it done with all of their excess picks and then maybe put a protection on their own. So like if it would have been like, I mean, honestly, they do have four excess first round picks at the moment, even if really three of them are what I would consider to be like almost like fake first round picks. Like it's Dallas top 10 protected next year. Then that's the, the what, Washington and Detroit picks uh, yeah, that, Milwaukee. Are, that are mega protected. And then the Milwaukee top four protected. So if they could have done all four of those and just said, whatever, like, that's our return. That's the last of the return from the Porzingis trade and our return from trading out of 11 this year. Then, okay. I mean, that's palatable to me. Then that's like, Definitely. all right, word. You know, that's that, that's sweet. You know, and maybe then I, I think they probably would have had to include quickly or something, which in that case, like, you know, you're signing Brunson for sure, who in some ways is sort of like an idealized version of quickly, although he's not as good of an outside shooter, but is obviously like one of the best guards in the NBA finishing on the inside. So, um, you know, I think those two would have fit really well together. I, I do think, though, that if the Knicks were going to go after Murray, the next move would have been you have to trade Julius Randle then because you mm-hmm. can't have these two guys that want to handle the ball and want to control the offense that both can't shoot. Um, 
And Murray definitely can't shoot. And I feel pretty confident saying unless he has a huge swing late in his career where he he suddenly learns how to shoot the three, I think he's going to be in some ways like Russell Westbrook in the sense that like he actually puts up pretty decent numbers for mid-range, but just I don't think he's ever going to fully put it together from the three-point line. Despite even putting up like a decent volume, I think he's going to consistently be like a sub 32-ish percent three-point shooter, which is just not good. Um so the next move would have had to be trade Randall. The move that comes to mind for me, because I think that this team is, is just going to strike out all offseason, would be the Lakers. You know, I feel like the Lakers would look at it and be like, what the hell else can we do at this point? And they would trade like Russell Westbrook for Julius Randall. Essentially, the Knicks would just be like the buyout team for Russ and send him to the free agent market and get like, a couple first round picks back for both the salary dump and Julius Randle that then lets them, you know, that would let them recharge the war chest a bit, get ready for potentially making some other star move down the line. But I, you know, I like, I like Murray from two fronts. I, I like what he brings on the court, but I also love that. Like he's a malleable contract for two years. Like, yes, you're going to have to pay him a lot more than what he's making now after two seasons. But for the moment, he's like vastly underpaid. He's making under $20 million for the next two years uh, or maybe makes a no, hair six, over six, 16, 16 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think maybe he would approach 20 million at the last year or something like that, but very valuable, like value sensible contract. So that gives you so many avenues with team building where you can either like ship him and some other pieces out and make him like the, the, the headliner of a package for a bigger fish at some point. Or he's making so relatively little, like he's really only making slightly more than like what a top three pick makes these days um, as far as salary goes in, in his final years of his contract. So he would lend you that sort of flexibility to build a better team before you have to pay him. Uh, so I, I liked the idea of him in that regard. But if the Knicks made that deal and then signed Brunson, that just would not have been able to be their last move. Because the fit, if they kept Julius Randle and then were trotting out a lineup of like Murray, Brunson, RJ, Randall, Mitch, it literally would have like negative spacing at that point. And it just would not be great. You'd be relying so much on your bench players to to give you the shooting. Uh, it, as long as, you know, like RJ and Brunson, I would feel comfortable saying would be shooters in that lineup and that would be it. So it would be pretty, pretty rough there. Uh, so not to say that I think Obi's a sure thing, but I, I think I would rather... Obi and Murray and and Brunson and RJ in transition as its own little wrinkle of offense rather than, you know, like Randall slowing it down all the time and, and not being able to shoot uh, just would not work great. So, yeah, all in all, though, I, I don't fault the Knicks. You know, if what it would take was unprotected first round picks from the Knicks, then I would say, all right, yeah, go do business with Atlanta, which they did. And that's probably what the Knicks said, too. So I'm happy that they did that and didn't give up those picks. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, good, good day for the Knicks. I'll, I'll, I'll say that after uh, a tough week. Uh, yeah, this time, our, our, our yeah, this last week draft day, uh, we weren't we weren't in as good of a place. I'm feeling a little bit better about everything now, and we'll end on that note of optimism with with a little bit of a programming reminder. Uh, this is not our only podcast of the day. We will have one 
coming up with uh, Ariel Pacheco, uh, one, one of one of my favorites uh, from the legendary website, The Strickland. Uh, just flat out one of the best talking Jalen Brunson. You got Alex and Lauren Gunn talking Brunson the other day, so you missed that. Check that out for his thoughts and Lauren's thoughts. Um, and then me and Ariel go into our thoughts today. So full Jalen Brunson coverage. And as I noted earlier, uh, we might have something coming up for you. I believe this afternoon, if not tomorrow afternoon, a, with a longtime NBA veteran giving his thoughts on the recent Knicks moves. So stay tuned. Tons of content. Big shout out to all of you for listening. Uh, we've, we've been doing great this month in that capacity. So we both want to thank you. I thank everyone uh, who, who's made that possible. Uh, but until next time, this is Alex and Gavin. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.